Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Vinay Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is now in its sixth season and its 74th episode. And if you are a returning listener, I thank you for your continued patronage and your loyalty. Uh, I appreciate it. I see that the numbers have remained uh, consistent as far as my uh, as far as listeners are concerned. I'm at this moment more concerned with my output than my outcomes. And I feel that my output to a degree is going to uh, uh, determine the outcome of what this show is going to represent and this platform is going to represent. I'm in my 74th episode. Um, it's 12 months in. I feel that at 100 episodes, uh, I'll have established that this platform is pretty much here to stay, that it's going to be a mainstay of things that I do. And, and a lot of the th many things that I plan on doing in media, I'm going to use this as one of the launching pads, this particular platform. And if people want to know where I stand or if they can trust my brand etc etc they only need to look at these 100 plus episodes there's only so long you can fool people and my inconsistencies what i'm consistent at where i'm inconsistent all the things that i am and am not will have unfolded in 100 episodes so i'm that 100th episode means a lot to me for many many reasons that i will that i will indicate and reveal on episode maybe 101 or 105 or whatever the case may be, but after the 100th episode, because there are a lot of things going on and you have to show and prove and show and tell, right? Anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you guys have any questions, concerns, suggestions, kudos, or any business inquiries that have to do with advertising, that has to do with uh, collaborations, interviews, uh, any maybe cross-marketing, anything, of the sort that you want to run by my way, run my way. You can do it one of two ways or, t or both. You can either email me at whose world is this two one at gmail.com. And, or you can reach me on Instagram and follow our page, which is whose world is this two zero two one. That's whose world is this 2021 you can follow you can leave in uh leave a uh what do you call it a dm and i'll you know i'll get back to you know you, you in about two days usually two to three days it takes me to respond to uh to all of the uh and it's not to say that i'm getting a flood or a whole host of things on my instagram because that's not the case because i haven't really updated it but i check it if i see an alert because i'm on instagram once or twice a day Sometimes even more if I'm looking through reels, which is which is something that I'm eliminating from my life. I think within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to stop looking at Instagram reels, new reels for a while, because I notice how much time that consumes. Man, you just you go from one reel and we spoke about this in the metaverse. I think I can't remember which episode I, I know it was either season four or season five. We spoke about the amount of time and the uh, the uh, the American attention span and how studies have shown how it's been reduced. And oftentimes it's because of how we're consuming information and entertainment in these short reels. And we're looking to be titillated within 15 seconds and five seconds and three seconds. And that's all we're looking for is the little slapstick 
uh, immediate gratification and that uh, it's it's hurt our attention spans over the last 30 years or so. Right. But in any case, um, so I have a lot of reels I have to look at that I've set to myself. I'm like, oh, I want to look at that. So what I'm going to spend the next, I think, 30 to 40 days doing is reviewing all the stuff that I send to myself, because sometimes you end up sending yourself a bunch of things that you never end up looking at. And I've noticed I've accumulated a great deal of reels and, and, and ideas and things that I wanted to maybe investigate further or, or research further or just partake in. And instead of looking at the stuff that I already have, I'm looking at newer things, but never getting to that other stuff. So I'm going to take a minute. I'll post something and let that be what it is. And everything else will be what I'm researching. Um, but yeah, whose world is this? 2021 is the Instagram. Whose world is this? 21 at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, concerns, kudos, congrats, inquiries, cash, whatever, well, cash, you can send to the Cash app. Uh, dollar sign J U N B E A U. That's J U N B E A U, June Bow. And my Venmo is the same. It's June Bow, J U N B E A U, just without the uh, dollar sign. Uh, Thank you guys for uh, checking out ChavezHouse.com, um, buying the Gratitude Journal. If anyone out there doesn't have the Gratitude Journal, <clears throat> do yourself a favor and pick it up. It'll be one of the better purchases that you've made this year. You pick up the Gratitude Journal that's uh, available at ChavezHouse.com. That's C-H-A-V-E-S. Or you can go on Amazon and you can type in Chavez House Publishing in the search bar and look for all of the materials that are published by Lenore Batista. If Lenore Batista published it, then it's Chavez House. Anybody else, it's not. So go and get the gratitude journal, get the fitness log, or get the decorative notebooks. But start off with the gratitude journal. Each and every last one of us can benefit from journaling every day and every night and journaling what we are grateful for. It's very, very easy for us to sit there <clears throat> and um, lament about the things that are going wrong or that have gone wrong. But take a moment and take inventory and stock of the things that are going correctly. Give yourself credit for those small victories. Sometimes that's all you have. While so many people are waiting for these huge, big, bang, revelatory moments, we lose sight and we take for granted and we sometimes all out dismiss and ignore those little victories that are happening in our lives right at the moment i am guilty of it as it as everyone else is so that's why i encourage and i implore people to pick up the gratitude journal first and foremost and we'll get to all the other stuff like the success the successful self-publishing blueprint and other things but let's start with that start with the gratitude journal then we'll graduate to the uh, fitness journal get both but first and foremost if you have to get one thing out of Chavez house or purchase one thing to support chavezhouse.com support yourself in your endeavors so you can be a better person for you and those around you that you care about pick up that gratitude journal it's important um so what are we going to talk about today <laughs> it's been an interesting couple of weeks right i mean it's been interesting all the way around i mean i started this platform in 2021 february of 2021 and um it was interesting then we were in the middle of one year into shutdowns lockdown masks uh mandates 
vaccines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There was a lot to speak about about that. There was employment issues. There were other things going on in the world. We spoke about those things. I mean, there was so much going on. Um, I interviewed people in fitness and entrepreneurship and mu- music. <clears throat> and here we are, 2022. It's as exciting, as eventful as 2021 was, as 2020 was. I spoke about a multitude of things. Last episode, we sort of, I, I want to say I concluded to a certain degree. I concluded my U.S., Ukraine, Russia, uh, uh conversation there's so many things to speak about i said some things that 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 some people you know i don't want to say took offense to they didn't take offense but when i was speaking about the 13.6 billion dollar aid package that was being spent in the ukraine i said we need that here america's not doing great we need that here you know and um you know we need that here and this is coming from someone who's a first generation American. Um, would I like to see uh, Haiti get some of that money that's right here two hours off of our coast or whatever? But Haiti's not a strategic ally at this point. It's a it's a it's a stateless, servile actor to U.S. interests. So we, there's no need to give more or do more. Haiti is exactly where the United States wants it to be. And it looks exactly the way the United States wants it to look as it is right now things don't go on in this hemisphere without us <laughs> i'll leave it at that things just don't go there there is no happenstance in the western hemisphere from alaska all the way down to argentina isn't happenstance we have our hand in every single pot of stew or the bigger pots of stew but in any case i mentioned that i mentioned hey uh, we need that we need that here there's a lot going on in the world that your news isn't going to uh, illuminate you about. A lot going on in our country. Okay? But before I get started on what the actual topic is of today, I want to give a special shout out to those Canadian truckers that were out there uh, expressing themselves peacefully in a manner that I find consistent with being a whole human being standing up for what you believe in. And I stand with them. I'm in solidarity. I don't only, I don't, I not only agree with their right to protest, whether I agreed or disagree with their premise, but I stand in solidarity with their premise. So I'm putting that forward. I stand in solidarity with the many men and women of America, American men and women who drove cross country and descended upon Washington last week. I stand in solidarity with them. But I'm also ashamed of a particular group of people. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that, ashamed of the group of people from whence I came. My New Yorkers. I'm a New York City resident. I was born and raised in Jamaica, Queens, New York, specifically. 20 minutes outside of Manhattan, 10 minutes away from Brooklyn, 12 minutes away from the Bronx, if you take the clear view. One direction, I can be in the Bronx in 12 minutes. Another direction, if I'm taking the Belt Parkway, which is right close to my house as well, um, I can be in Brooklyn, and I get on that Grand Central, and 20 minutes later, I'm in Manhattan. I had access to all the official certified boroughs 
And right behind me, five minutes, I'm sorry, three minutes behind me was Long Island, Nassau County. I'm a New Yorker. Unapologetically, I wear New York on my sleeve, but I also wear being Haitian on my sleeve. You know, of Haitian descent. I also, I have, I wave Mother Africa on my sleeve. I, I wave being a global citizen on my sleeve as well. But I got to say something. I'm watching these peaceful Canadians, eh? Hey, eh? Those maple syrup eating, Canadian bacon chomping, peaceful Canadians over there. Protesting, taking to the streets, blocking the system from from operating under uh, under normative circumstances letting themselves letting their presence be felt and all of these so-called tough guy obnoxious new yorkers where were they when their city was shut down one of the most important cities on the planet okay financial epicenter our entertainment epicenter yeah, Cali has Hollywood. We have Broadway, right? New York is an epicenter, a center. Where were they? I have a lot of friends in New York still. I'm, most of my friends are still in New York. Most of my good, good friends, my childhood friends, high school friends, <clears throat> college, New York City. I went to college both in Florida and New York, but I graduated in, um, from college in New York, St. John's University. Okay, off of Utopia Parkway. I'm a Johnny. So, but I didn't hear all of that tough talk when, when de Blasio shut your city down and made it harder than hell for you to pay those exorbitant rents on your 100 square foot apartments. Hmm? The actors, the actresses, Broadway shut down. The booms, the cameramen, all the people who work and have those essential industries within the entertainment industry in New York, shut down. Stagehands, costume directors, creators, shut down. Restaurants, bakeries, bagel stores, bodegas, shut down. Where were you? Where were you? I, it hit me the other day when I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone that's in New York. And I said, yo, I'm ashamed of y'all. And I said it in, in a joking manner. But then I realized how serious I was because they got serious on the other end. Because this is a friend of mine who would, who would who got laid off from his job because he refused um, to get jabbed. He said, I'm not going to get jabbed. I think that this uh, drug is experimental. And I think this is co coercion. And um, I'm not putting this 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 foreign substance into my body i'm not comfortable with that yet he didn't have any religious exemptions he had questions that couldn't be answered by his supervisor <laughs> you know it's the, he doesn't come from a science background and his supervisor doesn't come from a science background and human resources doesn't come from a science background and de blasio doesn't either and there was entirely too much information contradicting the predominant narrative so my friend decided, no, I'm not taking the jab. He lost his job because of it. And it's been a struggle. It has, this man has worked at the same job for seven years straight, promoted every single year, every single year. Accolades, raises, performance raises, et cetera, et cetera. They sent him on a trip to Cancun, 
his job. He won a trip because of his service, whatever, to the job. I'm not going to mention what industry he's in. They sent he and his girlfriend on vacation and his uh, two kids. You know, they went on vacation. So this man is a family man, lives with his woman, his children, building a home together. And situations such as it is, they told this man, got to go. Sorry. Bye. People go out. Other, there are people that are listening that go, well, th those, those are the rules. Right. I know. Rules aren't meant to be broken. There are a lot of rules. that There are a lot of things that were ruled and a lot of things that were law that with time or even at that time, we were like, this is wrong. But then people shrugged their shoulders. Those are the rules. And all of a sudden, one person's rule becomes another person's injustice. And all of a sudden, one person's rule becomes one person's antiquated practice. And before you know it, those rules no longer exist. Because look at it now. Now, all of a sudden, these rules are being, what do you call it, uh, uh, bent or, or, or amended. So what was a rule in 2021 is no longer a rule in 2022. Okay. So I said to him, yo, man, I'm ashamed of you guys. I'm ashamed of you guys. Man. I'm ashamed of you New Yorkers. All of that tough talk. Our reputation is in the mud. First of all, our music sucks. I'm a, I'm a hip hop. I'm a hip hop guy. So our New York hip hop, as far as in, in its contemporary form, sucks. You know, you know, our legacy artists like Nas and Busta Rhymes and 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 such and such. You know, they're obviously doing excellent exemplary music, but the new guys they kind of suck. And then I'm like, our attitude sucks. Wh where is that? Where is the New York? Where is the A? Hey, you can't tell me what to do. What are you talking about? What do, you, what do you mean I got to take this or I, I don't have a job? Well, what do you mean my restaurant isn't open? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? I grew up with the, are you talking to me? I say that all the time. Who do you think you're talking to? I say till today. If someone says something that's derogatory towards me and I'm ready at that point to take it to another level, I go, who do you think you're talking to? That's just who I am. I cannot get rid of that. As a matter of fact, if I could, even if I wanted to, I don't know if I could, but I don't want to. Well, who do you think you're talking to? There's a certain level of irreverence that comes from being a five-borough kind of human being. Who do you think you're talking to? Wait, we got to have another kind of conversation. New Yorkers just acquiesced. There were some teachers' unions that took to the streets. Shout-outs to them. A couple of medical pe personnel said, I, we don't want to take this enough. But the majority of New Yorkers just blinked. And I shake my head when I watch people in Texas and and other in the Midwest and other parts of the country taking to their streets, going to their state capitals, going to their urban centers and disrupting the normative business activities, saying, no, 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 no. We're in the middle of the, we out here in the streets letting our voices be heard. Ah, that gives me great pride. I feel great to be in this country when I see that kind of kind of response to what people consider to be overreach by their representatives that they put in place because ultimately that's an American saying hey you guys work for me you guys work for me I don't work for you you work for me and all of the New Yorkers all of the tough guy hey I'm from New York you know where I'm from I'm from Brooklyn I'm from the Bronx the only borough that you got to put a the in front of blah 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 I'm from Queens yeah all of that nothing Church mice, quiet, quiet kids wearing a little uniform with their hands folded on their desk while their taskmaster walks around them with a ruler in their hand and their glasses, spectacles hanging off of their nose, looking at each one of you to make sure that your hands are folded or you get tow-towed with the ruler. The double 
the double binded ruler with the with the yellow masking tape. I remember that because I went to Catholic school for some years. Yeah, and I had one of the deans, one of the nuns used to have a, a double ruler. It wasn't just one ruler. She took two or three rulers, taped them up together, and that's what she would use to slam on our knuckles. Remember those days? Yeah, and that's how New Yorkers were acting. Quiet, quiet. Like, okay, I'll do it, okay. You want me to sit, you want me to take this jab and wear this mask and and, sh- and shut down everything while I have $3,000 a month in rent to pay? No problem, I'll do it. Yeah, no conversation, just do it or else and you'll send up law enforcement after me. Okay, I'll, 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 please sir, I'll do what you ask. Just don't don't do anything to me. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. The reason why I'm making that accent is because I was on the phone with my, my boy and he was dying. I, it, it's just, it was ridiculous to me. Like, I haven't visited or been back in New York City per se since, for, for some years now, for several years, for a couple of years, less than a decade, but it's getting up there at this point. I'd like to get there maybe at some point this year, but I was not going up to New I said it. I had family that wanted to see me and everything. I had some things going on in 2020 that I wish I could go to New York, but I couldn't because I had to be in the South Southwest for academic purposes and time and the time constraint, financial constraints, then the, the planes that weren't flying at the time and shutdowns. It was very difficult to get to New York. I had to be there for a funeral and I couldn't make it. And I, and I still regret that till today. But, um, after a while, when I saw what was going on in New York City, the shutdowns and masks, as if I didn't have enough issues with NYPD law enforcement when I was a New Yorker, their overreach was already egregious to, 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 to now to give them another excuse. And I was living in a state where it, there were no mask mandates. I could walk into any restaurant. It was barely or rarely any social distancing. And their quote unquote COVID numbers were the same as New York even though New York was masked up and vaxxed up, et cetera. So I said, I'm not going to New York while New York has a mandate. So I told everybody, I'm not going to New York while New York has a mandate. If anyone wants to see me, we can meet in Florida where we all have family. And I said that to people. I said, you know what? I'm not going to New York. Let me know when you're in Florida. I'll find a way to get to Florida and come hang out with y'all. I'm not going to New York. As long as New Yorkers are just standing around and walking in lockstep with each other left right left and they're they're okay with this mandate then i'm not okay with it i'm not okay with it i'm not okay with it at all um and i'm not okay with how new yorkers reacted when i'm watching the rest of the world you had italy 250,000 strong take to the streets you have australia hmm, taken to the street australians you have all these people all over the world, but yet I'm like, NYC, what's up? Where are you guys at? You guys aren't getting a pass for me. I'm never going to forget this. <sighs> never. I'm always, and I'm going to remind every single New Yorker of, of how they acquiesced, of how you are living now under the most oppressive time that you've ever lived under because your rent is oppressive. Your rent is offensive. So now your mayor tells you what to do. Your governor is telling you where to eat, where to stand, everything. It's one of the most hyper-surveilled places to live in the union. And I'm telling you that from someone who's lived in New York most of his life, who lived all over South Florida, who's now, you know, traveling all throughout the South Southwest. I, and I'll never forget my brother said this. He said he didn't realize how much, 
how surveyed he was until he left New York to live in Florida. You're, it's, a, it's already, it's a big city, but yet we're all on top of each other and you realize how much the police are regulating and how many traffic tickets you're getting and parking tickets and where to park and where to stand. And you don't realize it until you leave and you take a breath and you go, Whew, I don't Oh, there's other ways to live. Yeah, we were fed that bag of goods that were New Yorkers. So America's number one and New Yorkers consider themselves the number one Americans. That's what I said in the last episode. So we have this what I call the double chip on our shoulder. We don't have a chip on our shoulder. We have boulders on both shoulders. Because if America's number one, and New Yorkers look at the rest of America like, eh. <laughs> so if America's number one, you mean New York is number one. You mean New York, Southern California, Chicago, Miami, or something like that. We don't pay attention to all the stuff in between. Eh, bah, bah, bah. Fly over. I knew, as a New Yorker, me personally, I've been through the whole eastern seaboard um to me there's boston there's new york and there's you know parts of south florida that i enjoy the rest of that stuff you can keep it that's just me that's the new yorker in me i like a little bit of rhode island maine is interesting maine is an interesting uh i would actually recommend it as a vacation spot vermont places like that very quiet it's cold though it's kind of chilly for me but i'm just saying from new york city i fly over New Jersey, Virginia, uh, North, South Carolina. I don't need all that, all of that. Give me, give me, um, Coconut Grove, Coral Gables, um, uh, you know, parts of Palm Beach, little Jupiter, little Singer Island. And yeah, I'm good. Disney finished. That's it for the East. That's how we look at it. So these New Yorkers who've had this bold, these boulders on their shoulders for, for what, what, for centuries now? NYC? Obnoxious New Yorkers, the reputation of being tough, this, that, and the third, and not taking anybody's crap. Hey, I'm from New York City. What are you talking about? That's gone. That's gone. Church mice. I had friends of mine FaceTiming me when they were walking down the street in Manhattan, and it looked like I am legend. It was quiet. It was quiet. It was, not a, I, I, it was the scariest thing I've seen since 9-11. To see the streets just quiet like that. No one, barely anybody on a Manhattan street in the middle of the day in midday. And it was a summer of last year. It was 2021 last year. And it was just quiet. And I was, and I said to myself, oh my gosh, if they can do this to quote unquote New Yorkers, uh, then, then, then what? But then I saw, you know, people in the Midwest saying no. I saw people in Europe saying no. But you New Yorkers out there, I just had to put that out there. I may have to just turn this into a, into one particular episode and and move on from it or maybe a throwaway episode i just wanted to say yeah i I can't give a shout out to new york i have to call out new york not shout out new york how could you let this happen so long how could you let your how can you let your city how could you let your city descend to where it has descended to how could you let it happen how come you didn't take to the streets in all five boroughs why didn't you take to the streets why didn't you all from every borough descend into Manhattan, stand in front of Gracie Mansion and say to the mayor, nah, say to your, your, your representative in Queens, your councilman, your borough president in Queens and Brooklyn and Manhattan and the Bronx. Why don't you say, nah, we're not, we're not having it. Why don't you do that? Why don't you say, we're not having it. We're not allowing this to happen. 
What did you, why didn't you do that? Or maybe there weren't enough of you that cared. Maybe there weren't enough of you that were brave souls altogether. Maybe that's why. Is that what it is? There's not enough brave souls. There weren't enough people who didn't want to acquiesce. There weren't enough dissenters. Is that what it was? Maybe there weren't enough people to make up those masses to, to, to walk down and march down Linden Boulevard in Queens or Queens Boulevard or, 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 or plug, up, plug up the Belt Parkway or just stop your car on the Brooklyn Bridge or the 59th Street Bridge and say no on the Williamsburg Bridge and say we're not moving. This, this city, since you want to stop our city, we're going to stop our city. Hmm? Wasn't enough for you, maybe, huh? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Because I have to think about it from the numbers. Maybe there are just not enough people who, who had the, the fortitude. Not enough people who opposed mandates and maybe not enough people who had the fortitude after being opposed to the mandate to actually go out there and do something about it maybe but that whole couple of my friends you know sulking about mandates and yo i gotta do it to eat what oh i gotta i gotta eat i gotta eat you have to eat oh i see hmm while the countless people who left new york for florida because now I have friends in Florida who told me, oh, my gosh, the snowbirds are, have descended on us. You know, it, it was before the winter. Usually in Florida, what happens is right around October is when New Yorkers and, and people from Massachusetts, Bostonians, people from all in Canada, from the colder regions of the Northeast, they descend onto South Florida. They call them snowbirds. They go down to Florida from about October to about March, March, April. And then they go back to New York City when it gets warm. And so that's why when I go to my supermarkets, I can barely get a parking space in the winter. Go to my favorite restaurants, I can barely get a parking space. I got I to gotta get reservations, et cetera, et cetera. I have, I have a longer wait time. It's because of my, my, my statesmen. My fellow New Yorkers are down there just descending, I, you know, when I lived in Florida. And, um, but now that's changed. The New Yorkers who said, eh, enough of these mandates. Forget about snowbirding in, in Florida. I'm staying in Florida. And they stayed because of what? They didn't like the overreach. And many people left. Businesses left and said, we don't have to deal with this. But the people who remained and the businesses that remained where were they when bars were told they have to close early? Meanwhile, a, a bar closing early in New York, you might as well not be open because happy hour to from 6 to 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. is your money on a weekday. That's your money. You're not you're not making any money from one, two, three, four p.m. It's that happy hour crowd. And then that crowd crowd, you got that 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 five to seven happy hour price and then by 7 p.m to about 11 p.m it's full price and you're going and you're making money hand over fist if you sh if you shut down a bar early you might as well tell that bar you know put put an out of business sign out in front you might as well and if you're not going to subsidize them for every single last dollar that they're going to lose where they can show you the last year's receipts and go, this is how much I made during the same time last year. If you're going to 
uh, uh, reimburse me every single dollar I lost. I will, I will, I will uh, acquiesce and I will, I will comply with your mandate. But if not, then I'm going to have to find ways around it and we're going to have to deal. So business owners were being arrested and we're okay with this. This is what we call rules. So it's very interesting how people, when you agree with something, then you don't mind the overreach. When you disagree with it, then you mind the overreach. It's like what we spoke about. You don't agree with communism. So that's why you're okay with the United States' Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis. You're okay with that, almost pushing the button. But you're not okay when Russia says, yeah, we, I don't want you guys on my borders just as much as you didn't want me on your borders. How about those apples? Right? So you're, it seems like the, this country was okay. This country was very, very okay. Oh, those who agreed with the mandate was okay. I've heard people say, oh, if you don't have the vaccine, you shouldn't be treated by a doctor for your emergencies. So if I was in a car accident and I needed emergency care, they were saying, yeah, the, you, you didn't get the vac, so you shouldn't get it. This is what reasonable people I knew said. Okay. Okay. So it really goes to show you how tyrannical the masses can get and how malevolent the masses can get and how apathetic the masses can get when their point, when people are against them or disagree with them or do something that they don't like. So that's why I say if you don't like the government that you have, you don't like yourself. You are your government. Your government was you voted them in. In a democracy, you get the government you deserve because you voted them in. They came from your neighborhood. They came from your churches. They came from your schools. They came from your baseball and basketball and football uh, 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 high school teams. They came from your colleges. They came from you, your state, your city, your county, your block. So if you don't like them, if you think that they're corrupt and this and tyrannical and overreaching, that's you. Because I saw the naked face of apathy, of hypocrisy, of contradictions during this quote-unquote pandemic. I saw it. I saw it naked, and I was very happy to have a, a, what I call a uh, first-hand view of it because of having family from New York City and knowing New York like the back of my hand the way I do and having family in South Florida and knowing South Florida the way I do. I was able to see the tale of two ideologies play out. And then having friends on the left, far left and centrists and having friends on the far right. I'm talking about far, far right. I'm talking about, you know, Alex Jonesians, January Sixers, proud boy friends. Yeah, I got a couple of my boys that were proud boys. They didn't go January 6th. They wanted to. They couldn't get off work. <laughs> they couldn't get off work. One of my boys was going to be down there. I was like, yo, dude, don't do it. I told him. I said, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Bro, don't do it. I had my own reasons. Not to say that I disagreed with the events of January 6th. I didn't say that because I've had an episode about that. What I just was like, nah, bro, don't do it. This ain't the right. This is not the right one. That's what I said to him. This ain't the one that you should be going to. It's not the one. It's the same thing I say to people who go to BLM rallies. It says, this ain't it. This is not the civil rights movement of your, of your generation. I go, don't do it. <clears throat> it's not it. These are not giants. This ain't Malcolm and Martin. This ain't Huey. This ain't Fred Hampton. This ain't H. Rat Brown and Harry Belafonte, Dick Gregory, Paul Robeson, Medgar Evers. This ain't them. These are not giants. Stay away from these. These movements are, are, are the bastardized, compromised, co-opted version of the pure movements that existed 40, 50 years ago. This, is, this ain't it. <laughs> 
that you know we'll talk about that another time too because i was meant to do an episode of who are our giants it's an episode i want to do who are our giants because i don't think we have any but that's that's just me or if we do they're very few and far in between but yeah i just wanted to you know kind of rant to my fellow new york and the people out there <clears throat> who are just okay with these overreaches and the people who weren't what did you do about it hmm I feel grateful that I resided in Florida for a while that was opposed to these the overreaches that had more common sense to know that, hey, listen, you know, um, our cure as far as shutting everything down without a real plan is going to be worse than the actual ailment. That cure is worse than the ailment because we're going to have side effects, economic side effects, psychological side effects, financial side effects that we're going to feel later on. Because there are a whole lot of people that recovered from COVID, but cannot, they physically recovered from an ailment, but they cannot economically <clears throat> recover from that same ailment. They cannot financially or psychologically. This stuff has broken up families. Do you understand? The suicide rates are up because many people were isolated, could not go to their psychiatrist and psychologist's office. They did not have access to their mental health care uh, uh, professional. There are people who lost their jobs and that drove them over the edge and they may have lost lost a loved one and lost their job at the same time. Couldn't get another one. Still looking. So you have the great resignation on one end and you have people who can't find a job on the other end and then you have rising costs and rising prices of rent and goods and services and housing and cars. Oh yeah, plane tickets, rent a car, everything. Crazy out there. You go to your mechanic, your mechanic can't get the part because why? The part is at some other place and the manufacturers are shut down and working at half mass because they've coerced us, tried to coerce 100% of their uh, uh, workforce to t take a, a, a put a foreign substance in their body. And if 10 or 20 or 30 people out of 100 don't show up to work, guess what happens? You are, your job is negatively impacted. It negatively impacts the kind, the pr your productivity by 30%. If 10 people don't show up out of 100, that's a 10% lack of productivity, right? That's experienced people who are no longer on the job that you have to now have to replace and retrain new people. And you have to use new money to do so. And there is no guarantee that the 10% that you replace are actually going to stay, are actually going to work out. And, be, and you're going to be successful at retaining those. People who work a day or two leave. You realize some people are not as proficient as others. Oh, yeah, it's rarely an upgrade when you have to replace people like that under those circumstances. And you're not replacing them due to performance issues. Ooh, you're replacing excellent people because they refuse to get jabbed with a foreign substance. I'm telling you, I don't know why. I don't know how I got back on that. But it's it's from where I'm sitting. Ridiculous. And I have zero issue saying it to those who are jabbed, unjabbed. How it was handled is ridiculous. And the fact that I noticed that I'm in the minority possibly lets me know that, okay, <laughs> okay, am I on the right side of history or am I on the wrong side of history? Am I a truth teller? Am I screaming in the wind on the road to Damascus? Am I just screaming or, or am I the crazy one? Possibly. 
but I've yet to hear a compelling argument that can change my 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 point of view and and not only my point of view but when i've looked at data everybody claimed to be some sort of data scientist and scientist oh i looked at the data no you listened to sanjay gupta and you listened to anderson cooper and don lemon and they told you what to do in your local news you did not look at data most people i know are not researchers and don't read anything past an online article that says three minute read at the top you didn't look at data stop it you listen to your local news and they pumped you up full of fear fluids. I'm sorry, I gotta go there. Because I know some of the people that would tell me, yeah, I looked at the research. I was like, research, spell research. Spell search. Please, stop it. You took it, fine. Don't get mad at me because I didn't and, w and will not. Hmm? Mm -mm. I didn't and I won't. And I wouldn't do it for a job. Wouldn't do it for a job. Some low-paying job that underappreciates you and underpays you is now giving you more orders? I mean, people out there are feeling demoralized right now. The people I speak to in New York sound defeated. When I speak to my friends in you, hey, what's going on? Yeah, what's up, June? What's going on? How's everything going on your end? I'm like, oh, my God. What's up? Uh, you know, I'm a house of family. Everybody all right? Yeah, everybody's healthy. Everybody's alive. Everybody's here. We just here, man. That's, that's what I hear. I don't care if you're living in Manhattan or Brooklyn or Bronx or in the suburbs, if you're making decent money, great money, not so great money, if you're in between jobs. Everybody has that same sound. Doesn't matter their race, gender, socioeconomic uh, class, location in New York City. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, June. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're here, man. We're here. The girls, the women I know in there, hey, how you got, how you doing, sweetheart? Yeah, I'm here, June, I'm here, you know, you know, I'm just here. Just here, just here, just, and I'm like, okay. Everybody sounds like that. Everybody sounds like that. They know they've been sold a bill of goods. They know it. They know they wanted to say, take this job, take this town, take all of it and shove it, and they didn't do it. And they know when they look in the mirror, that they made the kind of concessions that they shouldn't have made. They know it. They won't say it to me, but they say it to themselves, and I can hear it in their voice. I know it. And some of them did say it to me, and some of them left. A, a couple of friends of mine took the jab and then left their job. They took their jab, and after they took it, they said, I can't believe I let them do it. I can't believe I did that for a job. I don't believe in this jab, and I did it for a job that hasn't saw fit to pay me what I'm worth after all my years of service and my credentials, et cetera, et cetera, and who I am as a human being. And they left after the jab, but they're left with that reminder, that permanent reminder in their biology, in their bodies, that they conceded. That when it was time for them, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it, when it was time for you to show and prove what you're really made of, you didn't stand on principle. You didn't stand on your values, your ethics, your morals, and your principles, your MVP your moral values and principles. You acquiesced and you conceded. You're going to have to live with that. And a lot of my friends are not happy with themselves. And, and, and many of my relatives are not happy with the decisions that they've made to remain New Yorkers, to get jabbed, and to stay under that situation. It's New York is like a prison without gate, without walls, and without barbed wire, without, without guards. The funny thing about it you, they keep telling you if you make it there you can make it anywhere but how many people actually leave 
to see, to test that theorem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How many people actually leave? It's, it's, it's a false cage. And people there are making way less money than the rest of the country when, when you value it for the cost of living. And now, <sighs> with the cost of living being what it is now in 2021, 2022, Man, if you're still in New York right now and you're not working on Wall Street or you're not a gold-collar worker, then you have no business in that town. Move, Take your family and get out of there, especially if you're renting. If you're renting, you're crazy. Because if you're a financial advisor, if you're working in finance and certain things, even Goldman Sachs asked the 100% of their workers to come back and 50% showed up. They were like, nope, and that's Goldman Sachs. You would think, whew, you know how hard it is? I have friends of mine who went through on eight interviews at Golden Snacks and didn't get the job. Eight rounds of interviews. I was like, that's, that's arduous. They said, yeah, I went on eight interviews. I met with this person, then I met with this person after lunch. I was there all day. And then, you know, they told me to come in in a week. And then I met with this person, then I met with another person. So when they counted all the people they met with and the conversations, it added up to eight different people and didn't get the job. After eight, do you know how exhaustive that is mentally? You will lose. You, you won't get the job based on your stamina through the interview process, even though you have all the requisite credentials. So they have their reasons for doing that, I guess. But I'm just letting you know, when people go on eight interviews, that means they really want that job. They really, 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 really want it. They're not going to leave. I guess they're looking to see, to test your fortitude and your threshold to see if you really, really want this. Because it's considered the brass ring in finance. You know, it's considered that that prize. It's the Super Bowl. You got hired at Goldman Sachs. You put that on a resume. It's a done deal wherever you go on the planet Earth, such as it is presently constructed in this reality that we are presently in. And 50 percent of workers showed up. CEO Solomon was like, I need all my I need everybody here for the apprenticeship, for the for the experience of 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 senior bankers working with junior bankers. It's a senior analyst working with junior analysts. I need the people in house. People are like, nah, nah, <laughs> no, thanks. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's a different kind of conversation that's being had. And I feel that the New Yorker didn't have it. You didn't want to have it. You didn't want to take to the streets. And for that, I got to call you guys out because for that, you guys are never going to be able to live that down. You're going to have to live with yourself and your decision. You, I'm not going to blame de Blasio. I'm not going to blame Cuomo. I'm not going to blame Eric Mayer now, uh, Mayor-elect Adams. I'm not blaming any of them. I'm blaming the, the 8 million people, that 8 point something million people that call themselves New Yorkers. They got to ride those trains and ride those buses, ride that railroad, get stay in traffic for, for hours oftentimes schlep to those jobs and do that work in one of the toughest cities and one of the most competitive cities and places I've ever been in them in my, in my life. Like till today, the places I've visited that New York city hustle is bar none. I think you got to go to Mumbai or something or, or, a, or a market somewhere in Kinshasa or Cairo to find more competition. You got to go to an open market somewhere in maybe the third world or emerging markets to find more of a hustle energy of that enterprising energy that just exists, whether you're in Queens, Brooklyn or Manhattan.
It's just there. It's on the street. It's in the air. And, and to see that those entrepreneurs and those hustlers and those grinders just be silent, ah, shameful. I was ashamed and I was disappointed. So, yeah, here's a call out to all of my fellow New Yorkers. There's a reason why I left and there's a reason why I would never live back in that city again. Plenty of reasons. And that's one of them. You guys, you guys gave up. You guys blinked way too early. And now the system knows it. So who knows what else is going to come down the pipeline because they saw they saw you blink this many times for two years straight. Yeah. So whatever happens next, you guys will be just fine with it. And then you'll blame the government. There's only like 10 people in government that you need to really concern yourself with in New York City. There are like 10 names that I could rattle off that are actually the power. And there's 8 million, 8 million of you out there. All you would have to do is do what those truckers did. Stop traffic for a while. See what happens. Let your voices be heard. But hey, what do I know? What do I know? In any case, I didn't even get to talk about what I wanted to speak about. We're going to have to save that for another episode. Hello. Look at that. In any case. Until we meet again, thanks for listening.